0: What's going on, Cinema Attackers? Welcome to another episode of Cinema Attack. I am the host, the most Derek here, and as always, we have the Creature Feature Teacher, Matt. What's going on, man? Not much. What's going on, man? The huge, the huge. It's been a while since we watched Blood Blood Rain Two. That was a fucking masterpiece of a movie, wasn't it? God, (laughs) that movie. Still (laughs) cleaning my eyes from that movie, dude. Eye drops. Didn't that movie end with, like, an analog about a penis or something? Like, life is like a penis? Yeah, it was a weird penis joke that he did of
1: that weird fat guy with, the. Uh, now he's the new sheriff. He was, like, the most chicken shit of all, Hiding <laughs> <Yes>. behind everything. <laughs>
0: oh, but also who witnessed that was Dubby Duffles. What's going on, Dub? Yes,
2: I unfortunately was there. What's up?
0: <laughs> uh, but... You know, we're here to talk about something good, and, you know, I actually have a thing that we have to do right now. We actually have a few guests, and actually, hilariously enough, one of the guests of this dynamic duo couple did a comment when I did a review for another TV movie known as The Spell on my Facebook wall. And she's like, you didn't love The Spell? It's a TV movie from the 70s, though, Derek. And, you know, that's hilarious, but, you know, I'm going to introduce them. They are the the duo couple that's behind some of the best podcasts I listened to in a while, like the ABCs a Hidden Horror was the show that I first heard of uh, this these two. And, of course, I guested with them on a few of their original show, Evil Episodes, that they were both part of. And they guested on No More Room in Hell a few times. Talk about some werewolves and witch boards and killer robots with us over there. Yes, that's right. If you guys been listening to a lot of my other podcasts, you probably know who these two are. The first uh, is the podcasting legend Jamie Sammons and her husband Brian, who's no slouch himself at the podcasting game. What's going on?
3: Hey, what's up?
4: Hey, guys, we're so excited to be here. Thank you for the invite. And, yeah, talking about some TV movies, you know, that's my bread and butter.
0: Yeah, and like I said, like, uh, I was like, Jamie watched my review of The Spell.
3: Oh, no. And you didn't like The Spell? <laughs> <laughs> well, you're not alone there.
4: Well, I'm, it's, not the, it's not even that it's all that good. Because it's, it's not. It's just that I have a soft spot for stuff like that.
3: Oh
1: I, I hear I, it. I didn't I didn't mind this spell. I, I thought it was kinda enjoyable a little bit. It's not like <laughs> you know award winning or anything, but it was enjoyable to watch.
4: Well, I, you. I think so too.
0: No, the whole thing with that is from what my memory since I last watched it, which was like one of my thirty one days of horror, was the parents. Because the whole thing was like it's about like this Carrie like girl who has witchcraft house. And I'm like the par I'm like, I just wanted to see her kill her parents so hard in the tv movie because they were like the biggest assholes ever especially the dad it's a good thing they did it because they gave us that twist at the end yeah yeah i wish the dad still died though he was the (laughs) the worst one out of them you know
1: that was kind of a dick
0: yeah yeah but you know maybe i'll give that movie because i actually want to rewatch that with that uh commentary where amanda reyes sits on that she actually has a tv podcast i listen to all the time she wrote that uh that TV movie companion book that actually came out. Of it. I heard her on a few podcasts before, but that's how I first knew about it. Mandarin that was coming out. Uh, but, uh, yeah, it's great that you guys are here. Uh, you know, it's been a making. I always wanted to do a show without Mike Merriman with Jamie and Brian. <laughs> it's hard to get away from him. Oh, he's, he's like fucking... Uh, Harvey, about them. Yeah. Oh,
5: no.
0: it's, it's like Harvey, about them, and no country for old men. He just follows you. <laughs> <laughs> uh, you know. Uh, like, I love Mike. Yeah, he's it's okay. all it's it's all tough love. you know, you know I'm just fucking with him. You know that. He knows that. Uh, we I do it on my show too. I fucking bust his balls all the time. He knows. I love him.
4: Oh, he's but, used to it. People have been busting his balls probably his whole life.
0: Oh, uh, speaking of which, wait, wait till you hear the next episode of that uh, "No More Room in Hell" because we had the r- Jeffrey X Martin come on that to review Shocker with us, and man, Shocker is uh, like a fever dream movie. <laughs> and you know, it's like, okay, I'll just put it this way: you know, the ghost girlfriend in that movie when she shoots uh-huh. the light out of her body, X called her a gl- pale care bear. <laughs> <laughs> uh, that's, that's a little uh, preview of the Jeffrey X Martin rant of Shocker, which, I yeah, swiller. Fuck that. Say movie. what
4: you want about that movie; it has a fantastic soundtrack. Uh, oh it's So
0: epically yeah.
1: 80s and we
4: listen to the soundtrack all the time. You know, I good. have a
1: soundtrack on CD. <laughs>
0: actually, actually, the soundtrack was my only glowing review of the movie. <laughs> <laughs> But, uh, yeah, Uh, that's a little spoiler of Shocker review for No More Room in Hell. But uh, there's a question I usually ask newcomers of the show, Jamie and Brian, and it's kind of like a fresh off-the-top-of-your-head question. Uh, Two questions, actually. Uh, First question, probably easier. What's your favorite horror movie? Let's start with you, Brian.
3: Of, like, all time? Yeah. Uh, The Thing, John Carpenter's. Good answer.
0: Nice. Yeah. Jamie?
3: Jaws.
1: Good answer.
0: Now, here may co- maybe a little harder question, because, you know, Cinema Attack is a branch where we talk about all different kinds of movies. What's your favorite non-horror movie of all time, Brian?
3: Oh, hell. Uh, I'll go with action. I'll go with one we just watched the other day. Uh Commando. It is silly, but it's so over the top um i love that movie to death
0: i love the shed scene
3: it's amazing. oh yeah <laughs> it's straight up jason Voorhees. <laughs> <laughs> jamie
4: oh shit god that is a tough one. yeah i know i
3: just went with the first one to come I, to mind I, I, well
4: i just i don't usually think about non-horror <laughs> <laughs> um and i do love i love cinema of all kind but when it comes to ranking, I've never tried to rank anything that wasn't horror. So,
3: I mean, if you do happen to listen to our Colossal Collection show, you'll see how many non-horror movies we actually have. Uh. Um, and I love a lot of them. Just again, that was the first one I thought of.
0: Besides the Detective Monkey movies.
3: Yeah, I'm not a fan of the Detective <laughs> Monkey movies.
4: <laughs> mm.
3: Come on, baby, pick one.
4: I have no idea.
3: Well, they're waiting on us. What do I even, do, do? I ever do, say do, there's anything do, I want to watch do, that's not horror? She loves the color purple.
4: That,
3: there, I picked one. That's for a you. great
4: movie, but it's nowhere near my favorite. Yes, it is. No, it's not. <laughs> I mean, it's a fantastic movie. It really is, but no, it's not my favorite. Uh, it's like nostalgia. Uh, you
2: know fun picks is usually, you know.
4: <laughs> Honestly, best, right up there, favorite. right up there would be Revenge of the Nerds. Oh, oh, nice!
1: Yeah. There you go. That's Put a good one. Or airplane, like
3: that airplane.
0: <laughs> yeah. Surely you must be joking, Shirley. <laughs> I'm
4: not joking, and don't call me Shirley. You, you
0: know, know, I. You know, actually, funny enough, actually, I'm flashbacks now, and we did one of those episodes of like a uh, monsters on evil episodes. <laughs> I think you even meant, did like an airplane because the lady who speaks jive was in like one of the episodes.
4: yeah Yeah. Yeah. i um i do quote from that a lot and
3: let me amend my choice then because you reminded me of one the kentucky fried movie oh that was uh that was a movie me and my friends discovered in high school and it became our movie we would you know randomly quote it at each other across the classroom nobody knew what the hell we were talking about but we just loved it so that i actually got someone at
1: work the other day i go i got a question and someone said what is it? I go, Well it's an interrogative statement that requires knowledge, but that's not important. That's now. not important
3: right now. I love that. <laughs> and
1: they're like, What? I just I got, them, got them like you never seen an airplane? Come on. It's like a hospital. What's that? It's a place where sick people go. Come on now. <laughs>
0: <laughs> oh, that's fucking awesome. Uh but yeah, you know, actually funny enough, Brian. Uh, My buddy Dave, Mr. Parker, actually asked a question, favorite killer monkey movie? And I was like, the gorilla from Kentucky Fried movie. That's
3: <laughs> awesome. <laughs> I love when he karate kicks the guy away. Just.
0: Ugh! <laughs> <laughs> oh, I love that movie so much. Probably one of my favorite John Landis's movies.
3: Oh, I just I, I think it's awesome.
0: Yeah, it's, it's my
3: a- it's my humor to a T.
0: For sure. You know, I yeah, I dig it a lot. It's great stuff, that early Zucker Brothers.
5: I, mean, <laughs> blah, blah, blah. <laughs> USA.
0: I just love how that whole, like, Enter the Dragon spoof part just ends with a oh, Wizard I love of Oz. That. <laughs> and you <laughs> were there, and you were there. <laughs> <laughs> uh, but yeah, what that's what, Was uh, that?
3: <laughs> this is not a charade. Okay, I gotta stop.
4: <laughs> <laughs> I know we uh, did do the whole movie, but
0: I know. Hey, it's not the worst thing that ever happened on this show. We we I remember if you ever listened to the Herschel Gordon Lewis episode, that was probably it was a fun time, but it was kind of you know it was it was there. I <laughs> am a big
4: Herschel Gordon Lewis fan. Brian is not.
0: I'm not, it, which is understandable. You know, it's it's either, it's your thing or it's not. I feel. Yeah, I like what he
3: did for his, uh, the genre and you know escalating gore factor, but that's about it.
0: Yeah, I feel you. That's why we got movies like The Deadly Spawn instead.
3: Yeah. Of course. Now that is a masterpiece. It
0: is. <laughs> it is. Oh, but yeah. So slugs, <laughs> slugs are great. <laughs> oh, I slugs.
1: That movie's so much fun. Slugs, come on. If we can make that's a great. movie based on a book. Actually, that was about killer slugs. Really? Yep, that's awesome.
4: I actually have the GIF of the like when he <laughs> bites the finger. It's I love that. I keep that on my phone just so I can post it randomly places.
0: <laughs> oh, doesn't he look like his teeth look like Count Chocula?
4: He's so cute. <laughs> <laughs> he
0: looks like Count Chocula's teeth. It's amazing. <laughs> oh, I love that movie so much. Oh. Every
1: time I put on my uh, gloves to go outside, I I check them because you never know. It <laughs>
3: could be slugs in
1: and slugs in the <laughs> Those gloves.
5: <laughs>
1: it freaked me out a little bit. He put those work gloves on. I had those work oh, yeah. gloves when I go outside, like, you know, till or garden or doing that kind of shit. Outside, I, I take the glove and I crush it to make sure nothing's in there. I smack on it just because, I don't know, it could be a bug in there or a slug or a spider or something. I was
2: say spiders, man. <laughs> thing.
0: Good call. Uh, yo, yo, I, I was watching the episode of Grey's Anatomy with my fucking sister the other day. It was, like, this weird episode where, you know, this guy actually had, like, this weird fungi growing on his hand. During the surgery, she cuts one of the fungi off his hand, and a spider comes out of it. I'm like, what the fuck? Oh. A you
3: know, buddy like, of mine just got bit uh, a couple months back by a spider. He doesn't know what kind, but it was necrotic, and it ate a hole in his foot. So we're oh. guessing
4: ground recluse. Yeah. So uh,
3: that weirded oh. me out. <laughs> You know,
1: I actually had a patient, because I work in a hospital, and a guy came in, and uh, he got bit by a spider, didn't think about it, and he had a giant blister that covered almost his whole entire hand. It was so huge. It was so much filled with fluid and everything. I wanted to pop it, but (laughs) I can't, because it's not my job (laughs) to do that. But he said it was very painful. He goes, he thinks it was a brown recluse or something, because it started to fill up with pus and everything. But I think it was fucking huge.
4: Uh, back home in Georgia, I had a friend of mine get bitten on the hand by a brown recluse, and she had to have numerous surgeries uh, because her uh, to just to remove all the necrotic skin, oh, and yeah. it's it's the scarring is horrible. But I guess she uh, she won't go reaching her hand into things now without knowing. I hope
3: nobody's them. listening to this while they eat lunch or anything. Again. <laughs> <laughs> Oh. Honey, I
4: think people stop listening to you while they eat a long time
0: of- ago. <laughs> <laughs> hey! <laughs> uh, but enough about the spider talk, because, you know, I know we have a few spider haters out there. I love spiders, but, yeah, they they do some fucked up things sometimes. <laughs> but, uh, the TV movie. That's where the main topic of this episode is. And uh, Jamie, mm-hmm. I want to ask you, What attracted you to TV movies in the first place?
4: Ah, well, they were accessible. And I guess that's probably what did it is when, uh, like, when I was a kid, when I was growing up, that was when TV movies were at their height. In the 70s and into the 80s, you would always have, like, the movie of the week and... They weren't, they weren't wussy. Like, they were, they were good. I remember the first, the very first horror movie to scare the crap out of me was a TV movie, and it was Salem's Lot. Nice. That very same year, uh, 1979, that very same year, The Fall of the House of Usher came on TV, which also scared the crap out of me. So, it's, they were effective they weren't afraid to to actually be good movies. No. And they didn't require gore, you know. Dark Knight
3: of the Scarecrow is one of the best horror movies out there, TV or not. That mm-hmm. is just a damn good movie.
4: Yeah. Um, yeah. One of my all-time favorite directors, uh, which uh, will come up tonight, is Dan Curtis. And he did mostly... TV movies. He did a, a couple of movies that weren't TV. Well, he did um
0: Burn Offerings.
4: Burn Offerings, which was a theatrical release. But even that feels like a TV movie. If you didn't know any better, you would think it was a TV movie. I did for a long time. Um, but he also works a lot with the compote, like one of my favorite composers, which is Rob Cobert. And to me, that combination, oh, plus Matheson did a lot of television writing. No, really? Um, yeah, shut up. <laughs> and he's one of my favorite authors, just book authors. Or Actually, he is my favorite book author. And then uh, his, his screenwriting is just phenomenal. So I think it's just, it's the talent. You know, I don't know. I, the nostalgia, there's a lot of reasons. I would watch them with my dad, and that was something we would share. So that means a lot to me. It was... Just part of growing up, I guess. But um, some of my all-time favorites are TV movies like Midnight Offerings, um, Summer of Fear, which was directed by Wes Craven and has Linda Blair. Yeah. Mm-hmm. And uh, the, the Haunted, which is one of my – with Sally Kirkland, which is one of my all-time favorite haunted house movies is a tv movie so it's just i don't know there was something special about him
0: yeah a lot of like the big time directors like even like steven spielberg starred out on tv with duel like du- duel another
4: one of my favorites yeah
0: yeah i think that was actually written by matheson too if i'm not mistaken yes yeah Matheson's just a great writer in general
2: for he's GD a Lego. man I
3: mean,
2: he has done <laughs> the best if, twilight zone episodes yeah
3: he's that's what i was gonna say if you like the twilight zone about 20 percent of those were done by matheson
0: yeah my favorite uh matheson written twilight zone episodes actually invaders which is because yes. no dialogue no yeah, dialogue it's at all it's I mean, just he amazing.
3: did duel he did a uh invisible man he did hell house He did I Am Legend. I mean, it just goes on and on and on. The dude was just busy.
0: Yeah, you know, it's actually mind-blowing. Because, as you know, during the Teapot Summer Series, I I got, not a Summer Series, the Jaws Retro Russian Roulette. I got Jaws 3, and I was like, Richard Matheson wrote this? Like, what the fuck? Well,
3: (laughs) at that age, a lot of authors had to write for a paycheck. I mean, (laughs) uh, one of my favorite authors is Robert Bloch. Uh, The guy who did Psycho and so much more. But he was very much a working author. So he has a few stories that aren't great. Um, But, you know, he had to do what he had to do to survive. So, I mean, he has a ton of short stories. And the vast majority of them, I think, are excellent. So it's a pretty good batting average.
0: Yeah. You went from Psycho to the Deadly Bees, you know.
3: Yeah, there you go.
0: (laughs) Which I actually like. It's kind of a hokey Amicus movie, but you know, I like a lot of his Amicus stuff too. You know. Oh yeah. Yeah.
3: My favorite Amicus collection is the Asylum. Yeah. All based off his stuff.
4: I love Amicus.
3: Oh yeah. Now, actually,
0: I'm gonna go to Matt now because Matt actually kind of inspired this episode because he actually bought me these two movies for uh, my uh, birthday. Recently, and thank you for that again, Matt. Anytime. You know, and uh, what's your history of TV movies? And go ahead, go on. Oh, okay.
1: Uh, Back in the '80s, I remember watching a lot of these TV movies and just falling in love with them. Uh, Especially with a movie like "Nightmares," the uh, anthology. That was a TV movie. Uh, Wheels of Terror was another one about a killer car, and then of course later on. Uh, the Sci-Fi Channel's been putting out their TV movies. And of course, I don't care what what people say. They're fun to watch. They're so stupid. They're so goofy. And uh, there's two movies I've been trying to find forever. They were TV movies, and I loved them, but could never find them. One was called Gargantua. And that was... I remember recording it on VHS tape. I remember specifically telling my parents, Please record this one on the VCR, on VHS, because I had to go to school or go to work or something when I was little, and record both episodes. And, of course, I watched it about this giant monster attacking people on an island and everything. And the other one was called The Tower with Paul Reiser, where he was working at a new high-tech facility, and he kept fucking up his ID card, which fucked up the computer system, and the computer system would go rogue and started killing people in this tower.
3: I think I've seen that.
1: Yeah, it's got a couple cool kills. Uh, like an elevator door slides and cuts someone in half. Kind of like in uh, like Dick Moss's movies with the killer elevator. Oh
4: my god!
1: <laughs> but I was like, Paul Reiser in a horror movie? What's this? And <laughs> I, I love that. I was like, I wish someone would find these two movies. And unfortunately, with a lot of TV movies, some get re-recorded over. And they're they're never shown again. They think yeah, oh, it was only, only aired for one day and poof it's gone. So I'm loving how some of these companies are releasing them on physical media because you're like, oh my god, I remember this TV movie buying it.
4: <laughs> have you tried Tubi? Yep. Damn. Cause I have I have excellent I'm constantly uh there are times when I go through severe bouts of insomnia. So, I come out here, and that's when I get to watch TV movies that Brian doesn't want to watch. <laughs> so, I have excellent luck finding things on YouTube and Tubi that people have ripped from old recorded VHS tapes they have lying around or whatever.
3: And let's be clear, I like TV movies. <laughs>
4: <laughs> but she's talking about Lifetime
3: stuff. No, I'm not. Yes, I'm you are.
4: No. Yes. No. <laughs> yes. Some. Uh, yes, some
3: like the one we just
4: watched. Thank <laughs> you very much. Look, if you don't shut up about that,
0: <laughs> Jamie, Jamie, I, watch out. I understand completely. I grew up in a house of three women, and sometimes you just got to make sacrifices. So I, the, actually, the I actually, the recent
4: Lifetime it. movie oh, I made him watch, and we'll, we actually get <laughs> actually fight about it on the upcoming episode. Is that um, It's because of Session Nine. This, there, this was a movie that was made based on a story that one of the stories that are told in Session, in session 9 was based on. And that's a, that, that's a very convoluted. But it, that's why we watched it.
0: I like the more trashier ones, like Deadly Abduction, with Will Ferrell and Kristen Wiig, where they abduct a kid. <laughs> like, what the fuck? Is this weird? Some of the cats in some of those movies, sometimes it cracks me up. Like they got Will Farrow to play like a doctor. <laughs> what? Uh, I love how like, it's
4: always deadly something or the perfect something or, you know, uh, I don't know. The, the I always re- said that if Brian killed me after I moved up here, then my movie could be called North to Danger. <laughs>
0: uh, you know, you know, they even do like Stephen King. They did Big Driver, the Stephen King adaptation. You know. Mm-hmm. They do some different ones here and there. I don't mind some of them, you know, some of the, I like the more trashier ones, though, because they're like st- stupid dialogue and like that. She's too young, which is actually based on a true story. We actually talked about that. in No more room in hell, Jamie. But, you know, the the whole school that got like venereal disease. That's
4: <laughs> right. Know? Yeah. The Rockdale County School.
0: Yeah, you know, and it's just trashy dialogue throughout it but then you had like this great performance by Marcia Gay Harden in the middle of it. It's like weird. You know, directed by Tom McLaughlin of all people, the guy who directed Jason Lives. You know? It's just weird when you just look at these and you know, David Dakota or Tom McLaughlin <laughs> It's just weird. Yeah, that's direct.
4: interesting. That was another thing about T V movies that I always thought was cool is if you go back and look, a lot of times Directors that we know from much more famous things now started out doing TV movies. Well, like Stephen King, uh, Stephen King, Steven Spielberg, for one, Mm -hmm. Wes Craven. Mm -hmm. Yeah, Yeah. You know, it's it's fascinating to go back and see where they started. Just like I like doing that with actors, too.
0: Hell, hell, even John Carpenter, like in the middle of his career, did a few TV movies like Someone's Watching You, Me.
4: Yeah, which I also like. I do and,
0: like that one. But yeah, the and, the El- and the Elvis movie that the he Elvis did with girls. Elvis movie,
4: yeah.
0: Yeah, so he did a few, you know, it's interesting when you look at it in that perspective, too. And, uh, yeah, Dan Curtis is probably the big man for TV movies. Like, he, you know, yeah, I dig his movies, but, yeah, 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 TV movies are, you know, a lot of the ones that I haven't seen, I'm trying to. Give it, you know, you could tell their T V movies right away when you first watch them, like Ants, which with Suzanne Summers. <laughs> which I yeah. I, I, di- I dig that one a lot, you know. But it's kinda hokey music. You can tell by the, some of the soundtracks of these. They're like, Oh. oh.
1: You gotta love it too, It's like when you watch the movie, they had the cutaways because you had to have the commercials. Yeah, oh, so yeah. just yeah. abruptly for a second and they re kick on like, oh, that was a commercial break. <laughs> if you watch that Salem's Lot, break?
4: you can see where the commercials were. Because mm-hmm. it'll oh, yeah. just like freeze frame. Yeah. And then it'll them. come back. <laughs> yep. <laughs> Have you ever seen the Dan Curtis Dracula with Jack Palance?
0: Actually, funny yep. enough, my buddy W. Devils that's on this call with us actually <laughs> got me a copy of that. Oh. <laughs> Comes nice. full
4: not, and I'm, honestly, for anybody who's listening, it's a, I'm pretty sure it's available on Shutter if anybody wants to see it. But that was one that I always loved growing up. Because yeah, at the time, Jack Palance was doing um, uh, Ripley's Believe It or Not. Yeah. so And also, skin bracer commercials. Yeah. Oh, that's right. Yeah. Oh, my God.
3: Smooth. You're old. I know. I
0: Oh, <laughs> <laughs> uh, My favorite Jack Palance performance, still uh, without warning, where he's just screaming, Alien! Oh, oh
5: Yeah. <laughs>
0: <laughs> it's crazy because, you know, it's just him and Martin Landau trying to outact each other for the whole end of the movie. Who's going to be fucking crazier?
3: Chucking starfish at him.
0: Starfish nipple.
3: <laughs> <laughs>
0: <laughs> oh, that movie's so great. <laughs> I even loved Cameron Mitchell in the beginning. Hubba, hubba, hubba. Yeah. <laughs> you know. But, Dub, speaking of you, TV movies, man. Yeah, so... I'm a 90s kid,
2: so I unfortunately didn't get a lot of those as good as you guys did. Um, But I did have parents that raised me on Turner Classic and classic sci-fi, of course, Twilight Zone and stuff like this. So I have seen a lot of this stuff and appreciate it. Um, But there again, as a 90s kid, big fan of Tales from the Crypt was a huge, you could almost say those are mini movies. And something I think that really ties back into this that I grew up watching was The X-Files. Um, I think that'll oh, really specifically
4: relate like, these movies. Yeah.
2: Yeah. Yeah. Especially like, um, this is the first time I've seen any of the Kolchak, the Colchak stuff. So that's, this is a uh, cool to see the tie-ins there. You know, he's definitely hunting these monsters and mysteries here. So it's fucking cool.
5: Yeah.
4: It's funny when we were watching these, I was like, God, this reminds me so much of, they were like, I forget which one we were watching. I think it was Night Strangler. But anyway, I was like, every time I watch these, it makes me think of The X-Files. And Brian's like, well, Chris Carter basically based these on the – or I don't know if he based them on but was inspired by The X-Files. Well, yeah, he
3: always said his biggest inspiration was to – specifically the Kolchak TV series that followed these movies. But it is the same thing. It's, you know, Kolchak doing his investigative – reporter thing
0: yeah i I could definitely see the parallels between these and the x-files for sure especially with that angle and even like some of the non-skepticism of some of the other people involved in the movies But we get into that we get into it but uh you guys ready to talk about these movies oh yeah let's do it Mm, not sure because since these are tv movies that we're actually gonna have trailers so we're just gonna take a little break and maybe play a little piece of music and be right back after this could be a tv ad or music, but we'll be right back so see you then we'll be right back after
1: these messages
0: there you go After we'll
3: be right, right back, back.
0: <laughs> <laughs> First movie of the night from 1972, The Night Stalker. This one is directed by John Jamie, what's that middle name? Lewin? Llewellyn? Moxie? Yeah.
4: Oh, I can't I don't know. I know I just know Moxie. Um John
0: Moxie. We'll just we'll we'll go easy on this one.
4: <laughs> you know, we'll make it simple. But
0: uh yeah, he's directed a few T V movies. He actually directed another one, uh The House That Vanished." that I know with Barbara Stanwick. It's pretty good. Pretty good stuff. But uh yeah, this one's produced by Dan Curtis, written by Richard Matheson. Uh starring Darren McGavin and uh the main role that he's probably you know, you know, Darren McGavin we probably most of us probably know from the like a Christmas story. Uh few other movies here and there that he's done but uh, this is one of his tight roles that he's known for is Carl Kojak and uh let's get into the main uh, plot of uh, synopsis of uh, The Night Stalker an abrasive Las Vegas newspaper reporter investigates a series of murders committed by spoilers dun, 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 a vampire yeah we're gonna spoil these because you know uh, Yeah, they're kind of close, and they actually reference each other, so why not?
4: And they're but, uh, 50 years old.
0: Yeah. yeah fuck it. <laughs>
3: fuck it. If you haven't seen it by now.
0: <laughs> yeah. Yeah. But uh, start with uh, Matt. Matt, what did you think about The Night Stalker when you first seen this movie? Well, it's actually,
1: uh, I haven't seen this movie in a long time because I grew up on the show first. Yeah. And I I never knew about the movies until... I found, like, what are these? This double DVD, and, of course, it was out of print, so I could never find it. And then, of course, Kino Lauber comes along and does a re-release of the two movies separately. And I jumped on them as fast as a fat kid would jump on cake because I had to grab these. <laughs> <laughs> uh, love it. I love uh, this, the movie. It's It plays so well. Again, this is the first one, which starts off uh, the character... And it starts off how him he doesn't even want to do a uh, crime scene. He was all flustered, He's like, I don't want to do that. And then, of course, it starts going downhill for him on uh, what's going on. And if you've seen the show, you realize, oh, this is how it all starts off. And it plays well. When you go from the first movie to the second movie to the TV show, it plays a nice continuous, like, it's a long episode. And I really like how they did that. Uh, I love the scenery. I love how everything plays off. This play, takes place in Vegas, where he started off in Vegas, and how he actually had a life. He had a, a girlfriend. He had a nice apartment. He had different clothing. Same hat, though. But, <laughs> <laughs> and it just it, I liked how it all played off, especially how everything worked together and how he's like a vampire. No, there's no such thing as a vampire. And he's, he's not trying to believe himself in it at all until his girlfriend there gives him a book saying, you know, read this trust me, you want to read about vampirism and everything. He's like, yeah, okay, whatever. And then it starts to click. And that's what I liked too. And that's what starts this whole charade of investigations.
0: Nice. Nice. Uh, Debbie, was this the first time watch for you, man?
2: Yeah. First time watch. So this was cool going really blind into, um, cause I didn't know what to expect. And I really just thought this is going to be like investigative, cop show kind of thing you know in the las vegas strip seedy hotels just kind of crime stuff but i was pleasantly surprised to see we're hinting at a vampire and of course it eventually reveals an actual vampire man it was it was cool to see this sci-fi horror twist in this world of kind of whodunit shows that you've probably seen a million times but and i'm a big fan of mcgavin man uh it's cool to see him in a different role. Of course, like you said, everybody knows great shit from the Christmas story, but this is cool to see him as kind of just a, a funny loose character, uh, trying to make it man and break this, break the real story.
0: Yeah. Yeah. I, I, I'll, I'll do my final thoughts, my my first impressions, because, you know, this was the this se- second time I watched i seen this, because I actually watched this for the first time when Matt, I got the Blu-rays in from Matt. But, yeah, we're going to find out some people that probably know this movie a little bit better than me, too. So, Jamie and Brian, we'll start with Jamie first. What do you think about The Night Darker?
4: I love it. I mean, we've already talked about how I love TV movies, and then, of course, Dan Curtis, I... I really wish they had talked him into directing this one. Uh, initially, they had asked him to direct it, and he's like, no. But he read the script, and he's like, okay, I'll produce it. I I really wish he had directed it. But to be honest, I think Moxie did a great job. Uh, Darren McGavin, I love everything about him. I love his voice. You know, he does these fantastic voiceovers for this, which gives it a noir feel. It just ties it all together. And I could listen to him talk for days. He has a fantastic voice, and I think he's perfect in this role. He has just the right wry right sense of humor and um, and the he has the perfect attitude to play this really grizzled reporter who's just dealt with a lot of shit. and he's had he's been fired like thirteen times from all over the country. Uh, you know, and, and that's a nice little bit that we get about him when his girlfriend is like, you know, how many times is this? And then uh, getting fired and then he just starts she just starts naming him off. And it tells you who he is. He is a guy who he's going after the story. He's doing what he believes and he doesn't care what anybody thinks. So I have a lot of respect for that in his character. You know, he's skeptical. But once he knows the truth, He's going after it. And I really dig that. I like the fact that they don't Scooby-Doo you here. This is real stuff. These are real monsters. And uh, when he says he's looking for a vampire, it's not somebody pretending to be a bam- vampire. It's a straight-up vampire. Um, you know, I dig that. It's That's just fun. And, yes, I love the TV show. I was I was familiar with the television show, first as well. That was something I used to watch as a kid. And I didn't actually watch these movies until ooh, I think I was probably around 30 or something when um a guy I was seeing at the time loved the movies and he had them both. So that's how I actually um watched the movies. And I didn't I don't even know if I knew they existed before that, but I was familiar with the TV show, and then we have the which Brian came with the um, the MGM two pack yeah. DVD. Yeah, that one's out
1: of print. It was, it was hard to find at the time. <laughs> oh yeah, well I've just had it for so long.
5: Yeah, I mean, a, and I'm awesome. glad it yeah, has.
4: You it. Um, and I was just looking up the Kino Lorber releases that uh, they have the 4K scan releases, and they have the same because we have some the interviews. On these DVDs, but they have additional stuff too. So I was like, "Oh, eventually, we're gonna need to upgrade." <laughs> but yeah, uh, but these yeah. are pretty good for now, and I like having them in a two pack. But um, but yeah, these are these are great, and like was mentioned previous, they play off each other really well. You have the first movie, and then it kind of bleeds into the second movie, and then that kind of bleeds into the TV. It was good planning. It was there was a lot of care taken in, in that, and I appreciate it. And this is it's a great character. I can see why Chris Carter wanted to do something similar.
3: Yeah. Credit where credit is due. Kolchak was originally thought up by an author named Jeff Rice. Um, now, for whatever reason, his original story wasn't published. Matheson was friends with him he wrote the screenplay adaptation for the TV show. And then when the TV show came out, it broke every record for TV movies at the time. It was huge. for It was like a monster hit. And so that's why we got the sequel in a TV series after that. And it also spawned a bunch of, you know, Jeff Rice, his original Kolchak stories start, started suddenly wanting to be You know, people wanted them, so now he had a bunch of his novels published. Um, Well, did
4: he also do the Norlis tapes? Is that based on one of his characters? As
3: far as I know, no.
4: Uh, Because there's another film that I just stumbled across a couple years ago. I think that was in direct
3: reference to this.
4: In other words, they saw
3: what this movie did. And they wanted a piece of that, so they kind of came up with their own idea. I think it was still the same people though. I thought it was. Well yeah, I know Dan
4: Curtis was involved.
3: He may be involved, but that was it. They wanted to dovetail that, you know. They wanted to ride this one's coattails.
4: But yeah, so if you I liked that one too yeah, though. It was fun. Um if you like these movies, then I recommend checking out the Norless tapes. You can find it on like YouTube. Um, but I had fun with that one too. It's a very similar character in that um well it's very similar character to this one this one's better but it's close but just if you like
3: these stories and this character and all that they are still making Kolchak novels today now Jeff Rice and Matheson are both long dead but there's still other authors who write their own Kolchak stories probably with the go-ahead from whoever owns the rights now in fact uh you know, my friend, uh, CJ Henderson, mm-hmm. he's sadly passed, but he wrote about five or six novels based in the Kolchak universe and, uh, they're all excellent. So if you're a fan of the stuff, there's more of it out there. There's Kolchak comics, there's Kolchak novels. I mean, they even brought the series back in 2005, uh, and it kind of sucked, um, Stuart Townsend was the Kolchak character, and he is not Kolchak. There is only one Kolchak, and that certainly wasn't him.
0: Wow, they cast Lestat from that terrible Queen of the Dam movie as Kolchak? Yeah. (laughs) They said, too, with that Kolchak, the new one,
1: it only aired eight out of the ten episodes. Yeah, that sounds about right. It was doing so bad, so I I bought it (laughs) because I wanted to see the other (laughs) two damn episodes.
4: I don't think I ever saw any of it. Did you? What did you think of it?
1: It wasn't bad. Like I had to when I was watching it at first. I'm like, really? They definitely changed everything around. Where Kojak was a rich uh, reporter, he had a fancy house, he had a fancy car, but he was married, and someone killed his wife. So now he's trying to figure out who murdered his wife, and it was like supernatural esque. He meets another girl that works at the the uh, paper. They team up together to find uh, all these different stories linked to possibly the death of his wife, but they also had to deal with uh, the four horsemen of the apocalypse, pretty much, where there were these motorcycle guys, and they had to follow them through. And it was all different stories. It was okay for what it was. Like if you're a diehard Col Jack fan, you probably won't like the show, but I just I kind of wanted in with an open mind just go okay put all your Coljack stuff aside (laughs) and just see how this one plays off it played off okay i wasn't in love with it i didn't hate it but i i I thought it was interesting at least it could have been a lot better but
4: maybe i'll check it out at some point did you watch it oh Oh,
3: yeah okay i mean how could i not don't do it (laughs) honey don't do it
4: <laughs> yeah, he's. it's <laughs> gonna be he's gonna during be like, the Well, I'm around. It'll be one of your insomnia things. No,
3: yeah, I we... wouldn't mind giving it a second watch, but I just remember not liking. Yeah, just it. just
1: don't. If you like, I said if you're going in I, I, as a huge Cole Jack fan, you're not gonna like it at all. You're like, oh, that's not what Cole Jack would do. That's not what Cole Jack would do. Oh,
4: okay. okay.
1: Yeah, but if you just kind of like go, all right, let's put all that aside and just watch it as a normal like a, a show show. It you can be either you, know, you can either like it for what it is or you cannot not like it for what it is. For me it's I'd rather watch the original any day. But with the, the remake, eh I've seen better. I've seen a lot worse, but this one was kinda of, meh,
0: it's there. Yeah. Yeah. I'll defi- <laughs> I'll de- I'm curious, but yeah. It was cheap time.
1: online so I like, fuck it, I'll buy it. <laughs> Something to watch too, and just to see how it goes. Again, it really it, they have the extra episodes that were never aired, so that was a plus versus the ones that only were
0: aired. So, yeah. yeah, my problem is I don't really like Stuart Townsend as an actor. Ever since League of Extraordinary Gentlemen, where he played Dorian Gray, and he's like one yeah, note. Good point,
5: yeah, yeah.
1: He, he kind of <laughs> plays that Dorian Gray character because he plays this rich guy. It's like, no, this doesn't make. He's got this apartment that's overlooking Hollywood. It's it's all beautiful, rich. I'm like, wait, but this is not the right way. <laughs> you know
4: what, though? Did, didn't you say 90s? No, Which 2005. Was, no,
5: this oh, was 2005.
0: 2005.
1: Okay. That oh, also, that's back very
4: to me. 90s to make everything all rich and, and glossy. You know? I'd
1: rather watch the, uh, the remake of the Dresden Files over this, though. But still, I watch it. Yeah. The Did they Files do that Files? show
3: again? Uh, that was don't... 2007, 2008 was that one. Okay, that one I actually did like, because I'm a big Dresden yeah. fan. um, And it's very much different than the books, but oh, yeah. it was still fun. Yeah.
1: So that's when you can just t- take the Night Stalker, take it or leave it. You're either going to love it, or you're going you're gonna to hate it. Or you're going to be like, man, okay, I watched it, I'm done with it. Let's go back to the original.
0: <laughs> yeah, yeah, yeah. Darren McGavin. My thoughts on this movie now.
1: <laughs> Always Darren McGavin. That's that's how it is.
0: Yeah, he, he's sucking great in this movie, and I was actually shocked how many like good character actors I actually got for this movie. I was like, Charles McGraw, Elijah Cook Jr., Ralph Meeker, Claude Atkins. And, yep. you know, my favorite scenes are actually a lot of the scenes between him and Vincenzo when they're just fucking screaming at each other. and like Oh, the, you're going to
1: get a lot of that in the in the show.
0: Yeah, like, I, like I was actually kind of pumped. Like, we're not into the sequel yet, but I was pumped that he came back and shit. But, uh, yeah, there was some great dynamic character actors in this. Like I like Ralph Meeker's character a lot because he had, like, a history code check and stuff. And my favorite scene, of course, is when the vampires his body and all those cops outside of the, the hospital. <laughs> <Yes>. <laughs> uh, Throws the out the window. I, yeah, I just wanted to like make a movie a, a edit where I just, but, but disturbs down the sickness during that. Scene. <laughs> I mean, the the vampires is fucking everybody up, and you know, yeah, the the one scene I, you know, some kind of nitpick. I'm like, why do you have to kill the dog vampire? Just to show how badass you are. I hate when animals die in movies, but I think we all do. We're all animal lovers. Uh, but, yeah, it's, you know, it's the time period. It's a shock value, you know. But, uh, yeah, I liked it. He was, I loved the score. It had, like, this grimy New York, like, rape vibe to it. Like, dun 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 dun, dun. I was like, oh, shit, I love this theme. It's fucking amazing. And uh, I just loved it. Like, like, Jamie was saying, the voiceover is by this dude. It just kept me engrossed when all the scenes were like nothing happening, you know, where he's just driving around and he's just doing the voiceovers. It's like it has like that kind of grimy, like film noir feel to it. I love in the setting of Vegas itself is great.
3: Well, the way the mystery is told and unfolded uh, is awesome. I mean, it's very much a P.I. story where just a reporter is in place of the hard boiled detective type. You know, he gets one little piece and one little piece, and it leads to something else, and it just keeps going. I mean, he starts off as a skeptic. He doesn't believe in vampires. And then, you know, in a halfway point, he's like, okay, well, obviously this nut thinks he's a vampire, but he's not a vampire. He's some crazy guy who's sucking blood because he's crazy. But towards the end, then he has to come up with the realization that, oh, yeah, I guess this is real. I guess this is a vampire.
0: Yeah, yeah. Like, I think the, the moment where he's like, yeah, this is a vampire, is was like when he first watches the like, body in those cuffs, like I said, and then they shoot him and nothing happens, you know? It's like, why is this guy not going down? Because he's a fucking vampire.
4: And yeah, at like, some man, point, you got to just deal with it.
3: That's the way it is. You need to remember when this movie came out, the time. Uh, this is one of the first times... Vampires were brought to the modern age. Before this, everything was always a period piece. Everything was Dracula, yeah. and you know the 1800s, maybe at most. Um, it's all very gothic. Yes, True. this one had a vampire in at the time modern day Vegas, and so I mean this is before uh, Salem's Lot or before the Interview of Vampire, before any of that. Uh-huh. I'm not saying it's the first, there could be something else out there that had vampires in a modern day before this, but I think this is one of the first widespread forms of entertainment, and that's why, again, it was so huge.
5: Mm-hmm.
0: Yeah, yeah. actually, ironically enough, uh, the other movie that I think came out the same year as this is Dracula AD 72, which was probably be the other movie that would be modern times for this. You know? Yeah.
5: Yeah, you know,
3: and that was done as a lark simply because well they've done Dracula to death, you know, no pun intended, um, <laughs> in all the previous movies. So what do we do now? Instead of what they do nowadays is you know bring him to space, and they would just bring him to the modern day.
0: I would I would so watch a Christopher Lee Dracula movie in space.
3: <laughs> that would be awesome. <laughs> <laughs> you
0: know, but I, I the thing about that one is another side note. I did like that they brought back Peter Cushing as Van Helsing's. And so, like descendant that, that was of a course cool, yeah who, know, who looks it.
3: exactly like
4: the previous you know great grandfather <laughs> yeah. they whatever. always do you know I'm very disappointed when I, growing up I just knew that it, you know, I would grow up to look exactly like my great 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 grandmother <laughs> <laughs> because that's what movies always taught yeah. me but no it didn't happen
1: <laughs> yeah. what did you guys think of the uh, the Vegas
3: screw job at the end I love that I, I love that, that so fun. much um, I love that he's the hero he saves the day he you know saves the city and his reward is getting totally screwed over
4: I hate it I love it for the story I think it's an it's an excellent story element but I hate that it happens to him and that's yeah. what makes it such a good story element is because by the time you get to this film you love this character yeah you are on his side and uh, honestly, with him, I'm on his side from the beginning. There's just something about him that's very alluring. But by the time you get to the end, you uh, you want all these good things for him. And you know the thing that pisses me off more than anything Gail. is that he's like, yes, and they're like, oh, she's left town. I'm like, you she's assholes. an
3: undesirable element.
4: You could at the very least allow them to leave town together. You know, give, but you're gonna actually go behind his back. And kick her out of town. That is the most. That is the lowest. Yeah. they. Oh my God. They're just. They're dirty dogs.
0: Uh, like, totally w- <laughs> oh. totally believable. Oh, they all play great assholes. That whole group of fucking dudes. Like Claude Atkins has that. that like even in, like the the curse like movie with like Will Lee, and He plays like the asshole stepfather in that movie. I'm like, this guy's up to no good. You know, the DAs is a piece of shit. <laughs> so I'm like, oh, that DA dude. you
1: just want to punch in the face.
0: <laughs> yeah. You know, the only one that I, I could see, like, oh, Bernie, you fucking fucked up over your friend, man. Fuck you. You know. Oh, uh, you know. It, yeah, that whole, I understand why they did it, but the whole Gale thing was, like, the upset of it. You motherfuckers. Yeah. Mm-hmm. You but know? I just
3: love that it, it makes it plausible now. I mean, you could be back in you know the 70s when you watch this you know you know it's a movie you know it's fake but there is this thing well this could have happened and yeah. i i love her at the end he is just keep telling yourself this couldn't happen here and you know this could have happened and then the city could have covered it up and totally screwed this guy over and the vast majority of people would never know right
0: yeah that Deb, Deb, what do you think about that end twist yeah, man, I definitely
2: did not see that coming. <laughs> but like you said, it, it definitely adds to the story. But it you hate to see that. But I do like how it basically ties into the next film. Because I, I do like the relocation in the next film. As cool as Las Vegas was, but...
0: Yeah, then we get into the Sleepless in Seattle, but... No. <laughs> One last thing before we get into ratings of this movie. What did you think about the main vampire, the knife stalker himself, do you think he did a good job?
4: Yeah, I think he was very uh Barnabas Collins. Well, he was and very classic. He was a classic yeah. vampire.
1: I liked how he had the, the bloodshed eyes. Yeah. You know, people were just walking he was walking through the, the Vegas strip and everyone staring at him going, What the fuck's wrong with that guy?
5: <laughs>
2: <laughs> I liked the slow reveal they did of him too. Basically, you yes. know, seeing him in the shadows, a a few scenes and they did a good job. I mean, there were some little creepy shots and some cool little atmosphere to some of those scenes.
0: Yeah, yeah, I like that. You know, the reveal that he didn't actually kill the the girl with the dog too. She, he just kept her there tied up. It was kind of interesting, and I like that aspect. Especially those last mo like that whole scene in the house with the climax of him. His character is fucking amazing, and you know, gets a stake in the heart. It's a win win for me, and I like that aspect of this movie. They actually. Went all out, <laughs> you know.
1: They didn't, they didn't use the whole sunlight deal. Like he would catch on, like another uh, vampire movies. Sunlight would yeah. turn right into to ash. They kind of did all of them. They kind
2: of wrapped them all up in one bow for you.
0: Yeah,
3: yeah. It just kind of repulsed them or something. Yep. Across, across,
0: the cross, the cross, sunlight, and the fucking wooden stake. It was like I love oh, they thing. Combo. Or heart
1: very hammered, too. Like a yes, lot of oh, the yeah. yeah. vampire films, they would do the wooden stake and mallet perfect. I was like, man, this is a big nod to Hammer Vampire movies. <laughs> right on the staircase, um, too.
4: Well, and I think um, this was right after Dan Curtis had just come off of doing Dark Shadows. Oh, yeah. Uh, yep. So, um, he was well-versed
3: into vampires. Right,
4: Yeah, which I think is why the, 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 the guy is, to me, reminds me a lot of Barnabas Collins, but the, I love when Kolchak is Talking to the police, and he's like, Okay, this is what's going to happen. Every one of you is going to be issued one of these. And yeah. he holds up the cross.
0: He's like, Where the hell did I'm you get one of those?
4: And they're going to be issued <laughs> one of these. And it's a steak and, and a mallet. And I'm like, Okay, yeah, that would go over really well. Yeah,
1: let's have a bunch of cops <laughs> walking around with steaks and mallets. And so we're like, What the fuck's going on? Uh, they're all going to be working at a beet tenderizing plant or what?
0: <laughs> that's good stuff. You guys ready to rape the suckers? Oh yeah. Now, now, Jamie uh, and Brian, if you haven't known, we do a one out of ten rating scale for this movies. So yeah, it's either one out of ten, ten out of ten, or whatever, whatever you want to rate it. But uh, we'll start with Jamie. What do you rate the Night Stalker? Oh
4: man, that's rough. Because you know us, Derek. You know how we are with the the ten ratings. Um, it's very I'm difficult. All, I'm to all do.
0: fine with that because I need some more Hall of Iron sides. <laughs> uh,
4: um, that's hard to do. Hard to do. Um, I guess if we're gonna go that route, I would probably. Man, I don't know. What do I do? Do I take my <laughs> R rating scale and double it?
3: Do I, I, I would. That's um, what I'm gonna do.
4: Okay. Uh, well, all right, when we do ratings, we do the old Netflix scale, so basically yeah. it's not like a technical thing, it's a, you hate it, you don't like it, you like it,
5: you really, you really like, like it, it you or love you love it,
4: it. and um, we, I love this, I love it, so that would, if I did that, an our scale would be a 5, and that would mean on the 10 scale, it would be a 10. Now, am I saying that it's perfect when I say that? No, but that's not how I rate movies, so... So I guess I'll go with that. To me, it's a 10.
0: Good stuff, Jamie, there. Good stuff with that rating. And Brian, uh, what would you rate the the Night Stalker?
3: For me, it's a 10. Um, There could be small little things about it that are technically uh, foibles and mistakes and whatnot. But uh, I don't see them. Maybe I'm looking back at it with nostalgia glasses. I don't know. But... uh, for me, it's perfect. I love it. So, ten.
0: Nice. Uh, I'll go next. Just to make things... To break the ice. For what this is, for a TV movie, it's one of the best TV movies i ever seen. It has a fantastic pace and fantastic characters. And it has a great ending that I didn't see coming in this one. And I love Darren McGavin's performance in this one. For a TV movie, for what it is, could there be better things out there? Maybe, but I'm not that type of reviewer eater, So I'm giving this a motherfucker a 10 out of 10 too. So there's no judgment here, brothers and sisters. So 10 out of 10. But, uh, dub,
2: Very nice. I, I think it's definitely fair and I think you have to rate these on a TV movie scale. I mean, they, they do have their limitations and drawbacks just, you know, from the sheer fact of what they have against them. But... You know, this is definitely an exception to the rule. Look at look at the actors and the writers and producers you have involved. Just fantastic movie, man. I I love the you know adult Scooby-Doo kind of thing, man. I'm a sucker for any kind of paranormal investigation or what have you. Um, I'm going to nine out of ten, just to give it room for improvement. But it fantastic first watch, man.
0: Nice, Matt. Um,
1: <clears throat> so I I started I grew up on the show first. And then watching these movies, I fucking loved them. It plays off so well on the character, It plays so well on the storyline. Uh, I give this one a 10 out of 10 as well. I, it's it's just so much fun. You laugh how Col Jack just argues back and forth with the cops, with the with the DA, with Vincenzo. It's like, why don't you come up with real facts first? <laughs> it's like he just throws those nods in that just makes you laugh. And he's just like he's like an asshole about it, but he's being truthful. It's like. Come on, guys. we got to get the truth out there. If no one's going to believe it, come on. Do your fucking job, pretty much. He's telling them. <laughs> but i love it. Ten out of ten for for it.
0: With that being said, I would like to induct the Night Stalker from 1972 in our awesome Hall of Ironside, which we named after Michael Ironside, if you guys were wondering. Uh, so, Dubby will be playing a clip from Scanners right now, so play that right now, Dub. <laughs>
6: All right, we're going to do it the scan way. I'm going to suck your brain dry. Everything you are is going to become me. You're going to be with me, Cameron, no matter what. After all, brothers should be close, don't you think?
0: Uh, that's awesome. You guys ready to just get into the other movie? Yep. Sure. All right, so we'll get right into it in one sec. Is it possible for one man to have been responsible for a series of unsolved homicides spanning a period of over a century? Watch The Night Strangler, a chilling story of suspense, starring Dara McGavin on the Tuesday Movie of the Week. Here... Yeah, so a year later, The Night Strangler, 1973. This one, Dan Curtis is like, I'm going to be directing this motherfucker this time. Of course, returning is uh, Richard Matheson. And, uh, Jeffrey Grant Rice, uh, yeah, based on characters he created, uh, a lot of this. uh, two members of the cast return, of course, Darren McGavin and Simon Oakland as Tony Vincenzo. And, uh, little plot synopsis as followed, a reporter hunts, uh, down a 144 year old alchemist who is killing women for their blood. Wow, they don't give no fucks in these synopsis reads. <laughs> yeah, you know, but it's straight to the point. And yeah, that's what it's about. Uh, I'll start. I'll start out with my thoughts on this movie. This is a great sequel because it just builds from the first movie, and you know it's it's kind of a little bit bigger. You know, you get a few familiar different faces within it. Uh, I love that John Carradine's in this movie. Hell Yeah, <laughs> <laughs> yep. you know. It's fucking great. I like the new, and uh, Margaret Hamilton, who I've been talking about a lot lately, because she was in 13 Ghosts that I reviewed on t plays Professor Crabwell in this movie, and all I'm thinking is like, yeah, I'll get you my pretty and your little dog too, <laughs> play ball scarecrow, I was doing, I was legitimately doing Wicked Witch of the West impressions <laughs> while she came on screen like I did in th- when I was watching 13 Ghosts that one time. But yeah, I dig how this one builds. And you know, when we first see Kolchak in this movie, he's like broken, trying to tell this fucking Stalker story in a bar <laughs> to whoever would listen to him. You know, and that's when we first see Vincenzo reunite with him, and he gets him a new job in Seattle, and he gets another fucking crazy case. And this case is crazy. Uh, I love that. Well, this is kind of a spoiler. But uh the main bad guy or killer of this movie is the fucking bionic man six million dollar man's boss. <laughs> <laughs> uh Richard Hart Anderson, you know, it's fucking great. Uh yeah, I just, I dug this one I and I love like a, the underground uh c- 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 scenes of like the underground setting of this movie. It kinda had like a Quatermass mass feel to those scenes in a weird way where he goes underground in those catacomb areas. I like that aspect of the movie. It had, like, a feeling of like, the stone tapes in that sense, too. Yeah, I, I dug this one a lot. It was a little bit different. I liked how it was a little different, but it kind of had, like, a mystery feel to it, too. You know? But, uh, yeah, I dug it. I dug it for where it was for a sequel. Dub, what do you think of this one? Yeah, man, actually, I even dug this one possibly
2: just a to- tad bit more than the first one um I just feel like the action was really there um I do like the characters of course you mentioned seeing Carradine I mean that's freaking awesome to see him in uh yet another horror related project after all his classics but uh, uh the the researcher character of Barry I also enjoyed as kind of his little partner in crime and helping uh Kolchak <laughs> delve up some uh clues for the crimes and stuff um man i I just enjoyed this one overall like and it kind of ties into something we mentioned earlier in dorian gray i kind of like how the killer almost has that kind of feel yeah Yeah, i thought it was really fun man
0: yeah yeah Especially the little Al Lewis cameo as the ho- the homeless guy that they find. <laughs> <Yeah>. <laughs> He's great, you know. if you
1: are coming. I would have taken off my shoes.
0: <laughs> Matt, what about you, brother? <laughs> yeah, this
1: was another fun one. I love how he was in the bar. Because we start off with Vincenzo drinking a glass of milk, you know, trying to like relax. Then all of a sudden, he hears the voice. He's going, oh, no. And also, pan off in this Carl Ch- Kolchak talking about the vampire from Vegas and how he's trying to uh, convince people, and everyone's looking at him kind of weird. And Vichon's like, oh, shit, all right, let me go talk to him. <laughs> and they get back together, and, of course, they get hired at a, a new paper. <laughs> and some of it's just – it's pretty cool how they have the whole paper setting. you got that one lady that's sitting at the desk, you know, Hitting them with stuff and giving them that... that, (laughs) Picking on them through the whole entire thing, which is funny as (laughs) hell. And um, you get with the whole strangler portion of it. It's kind of almost got a little bit of like a jello vibe with the whole man in black with the black gloves. Instead of using a blade, he's strangling women. And uh, now they're finding clues of dead skin on their necks with a syringe poke. And course, he's like, well, this is not another vampire, because there would be two pokes and bite marks, (laughs) and they mentioned that before. So he's like, oh, gotta do this again now. This time it's something completely different. And I love the... Again, follows right afterwards. Colchak's at it again. He's trying to get the... He gets the assignment that he probably doesn't want, but he gets it. And it's murder. the first murder of the girl. Finds out all the stuff. Starts bugging up the the, uh, the detective's ass there and the chief of police is getting more pissed off at Kolchak, which happens a lot because <laughs> he's always there getting all the information that no one else gets. It's funny. I, I, I love this one. This was another great one. It's a great right afterwards. So if you want to go at back-to-back, this is perfect. These two movies are perfect for back-to-back.
0: Yeah, I also like that Vincenzo was kind of a little bit more in this one too. He kind of he kind of became like the substitute for the Bernie character in a way from the Night Stalker, in a way because he gets involved more with like you know those scenes with like the chief and you know everyone yelling at Colchak.
1: <laughs> he bails him out. He, he's trying to help him out, and it's like okay, I'll give you another assignment, which he never does. Even in the TV shows, uh, something happens, and Vincenzo will give him a different assignment that. Doesn't even bother doing. He sticks to what he's do- what he does is finding the truth about the story he wants. <laughs> and Vincenzo's like always ripping out his hair. They're always arguing.
0: So <laughs> oh, it's good stuff. It's good stuff. Brian.
3: I like this one a lot. Um The only thing I could possibly ding it for is it's a bit too formulaic from the first one. And I'm not talking about the basic structure, you know, where reporter finds a gets a story, finds out there's a supernatural element and follows it from there. Um, I'm mostly talking about the villain. Uh, it's a hundred plus year old undead guy creeping on women and draining them of blood. That's a little bit too much like a vampire. I wish they would have went into a different direction. Uh-huh. Um I don't know what, I mean, it could be anything, make it a werewolf, killing, you know, war vets, (laughs) you know, it could be, you know, a witch who is after, you know, different, just give me some different kinds of victims and a different M.O. for the killer. Uh, That being said, it is a damn good movie, it's very enjoyable, I love the setting, I specifically really love the whole underground. Belly
4: dancers? Oh,
3: Well, the belly dancers are great, too. Oh, <laughs> well, the
1: underground, the ending when they showed the underground city? Yeah, that fantastic. is great. I love that. It's like
2: just a Victorian the, Atlantis. Like. <laughs> yeah,
3: just just the idea of this whole city under the city and it's still there and there's all these secrets and, you know, the cops are like, we searched it in Colchic's like, Yeah, but you didn't search all of it or you missed something. There's something else down there. And uh, just a whole idea of this underworld. And somebody, I do like the idea of somebody living down there for hundreds of years. Um, Kolchak, of course, is amazing. Uh, he will continue to be amazing into the TV show that immediately followed this. Um, it's just, it's really good. It's an excellent movie. I, again, I just wish they would have done a different type of monster, for the most part. Yeah, I, think, I, I, I get I just,
0: you. There. I'll go ahead.
3: I was just gonna say, I just think it would have been neat if they would have, you know, went with something totally different for the second time out. Yeah, the
0: thing, like, you know, what kind of weirded me out? You know what the the actual like when you know when the sketch of that killer came out, and you know what it kind of looked like to me? Hmm. He looked like Baron Blood, the Mario Bava movie. Oh yeah. <laughs> You know, even, like, the look of, like, the decrepit face. And even the hat. Even yeah, had the even fucking bear Blood. Hat. You know, and it, it kind of reminded me of that in the sense where... Like,
3: and let me rich. just say... Oh, good, Just... God damn, that's one precise formula. If you're off by 30 seconds and taking it, you're screwed.
0: <laughs> yeah, that sounds like a bitch. Just <laughs> well,
1: he's been doing it for so long now, he's got it down pat what he needs to do.
3: <laughs> I guess, but there's no room for error. Yeah, the
0: thing, the thing that yeah, that was kind of, you know, he's gonna get caught eventually because he's getting sloppy in this, in the '73, you know. Uh, he's getting more notice, especially with Kolchak on his fucking tail. So eventually, somebody would have probably caught on if Kolchak never did. You know, uh, maybe in another 21 years, you know, when they had like modern fucking DNA shit and shit. But who knows,
3: you know? But And I do like the aspect of the whole 21-year return. Um, it's very, you know, Stephen King It, which might have taken it directly from this or, you know, something else. It's not a totally original idea, but I just like how it's utilized here and having to go back and do the research and find more cases every 21 years.
0: Yeah. Yeah, I, I like that aspect of it, too. It kind of has like a the fuck was that other thing? There was a movie I watched recently and I kind of had the same thing where killer returned after eighteen years, and maybe Beast a coffee. Got...
4: Yeah,
0: yeah, 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 yeah. We're cicada.
4: Yeah, <laughs> as are in the trees, and that well, and the cicadas are in the trees now.
0: Yeah, that's true. That's I actually posted a, a bunch of "beast within" gifs. On right cicadas. now, there's some
3: bug boy out there doing naughty things to women. <laughs> <laughs>
0: Oh, that, that beginning of that movie, you're like,
5: what the fuck?
0: <laughs> oh, that's a, that's a whole different conversation. But, uh, yeah, you know, Jamie, would did you love this one as much as the first one? What'd you think of this one?
4: I do love this one. And I actually kind of think I like it a little bit more too, only because it is an unconventional creature or you know villain now brian is right in that it is you know an, a really old dude who is taking blood from women and you know grabbing them on the streets and there, so there are a lot of similarities there but you know vampire is something that everyone's familiar with this is an original idea and i like it i love the setting I love the humor in this film. The uh, the bulldog <laughs> of the one belly dancer of the charisma beauty. Oh yeah. Her- <laughs> that woman cracks me up. And uh his just his relationship with uh his well she ends up being his buddy but the one that he meets what's her name i can't remember my name but Louise, or thank Louise, you. Yeah. yeah that they're funny he and vincenzo are hilarious together i i i love that there is as much humor in this as there is and it comes with being familiar with characters so you're introduced to them in the night stalker and by the time you get to this film you're familiar with these characters so you you have that playfulness with them and i think it works very well
3: and I I will just add that I I love how, in this movie, there are direct connections to the previous one. They mention it two or three times, so there's a very good, strong sense of continuity.
4: Absolutely. Yeah. Yeah. Um, the, <laughs> the underground sequences remind me of underground Atlanta.
5: Uh-huh. And
4: I've always thought that was Definitely. such a cool thing, uh, just to have a city under a city. You know, that's just neat. And... I love the fact that he's got this, his whole family there, this skeletal family. That is creepy. And to think of that being on TV in the early seventies, I just think that's super creepy. No, that's pretty you good. Know? Yeah. So you, you can also see him starting to go there. nuts.
1: <laughs> he's talking yeah. to the family, he's got the yes. food all lined up. He goes, what should I do? Should I listen to a story? Yeah. Should oh, I yeah. it oh, right now? He's got time. She's, she's
0: got time. <laughs> you, you know, Kolchak was going to be end up being one of those family members if he didn't do what he did.
4: Right? I like the fact that the villain was—he was, was kind of—he was charismatic. You know, he uh, just started. Oh, and he said something like, "Oh, you're gonna—I forget what he threatened him with, but basically, you're gonna end up." down here for or you're never going to leave this place alive or something like that and i turned to ryan and i was like well of course he is now because the dude just announced everything like Mm -hmm. you know and that's how it works like you just told me your whole plan so hell yes i'm getting out but um i I like the fact that he just was talking to him and that's it's the whole thing is interesting and he wasn't he didn't really come off as if he was evil so much as Kind of like a Herbert West kind of character.
0: He's driven, you know. He's dedicated and, to his craft.
4: But, yeah, because he's like, you know, so well. Maybe we'll get that answer in the next twenty-one years. And he's like, ah, oh, you uh, so more women are going to have to die. And he's like, ah, oh, what's well, a few deaths when it comes to, you know, immortality? Yeah, a very so practical viewpoint. He's I guess. like, right. I mean, which is to me very Herbert West of him. You know, he's got it's strictly science for him he doesn't look at what he's doing as being like a serial killer it's he's doing what he has to do to work on his thing and you know i think that's cool i uh one thing i thought was fun is early on in the film when they're investigating one of the attacks there is a sign for um richard's clinic Uh i think it was richard's Mm-hmm. And, uh, and I, I was like, Richard's clinic, what a stupid name for a clinic. Like who's going to go to Richard's clinic? Well, then it was, it's way later when it actually is brought up that that is the place. And I was like, oh, that's funny. You know, but I, but it was a good on them. You know, they actually had the place established, didn't mention anything about it. It was just established in the, in the the background and, then, you know, it ended up playing a big role later
3: on. One thing I do got to say is I thought it was a bit silly when you get this guy who's been around for 100 years and Coltrac's trying to convince people. That it's the same guy, and they're like, "Of course, it's not the same guy. His name was Malcolm Richards, and now <laughs> Richard he changed it. Yeah, and nobody can put two and two together. No, it's obviously a different guy. I mean, <laughs> his name's Malcolm Richards. This is Richard
4: Malcolm. Yeah, totally that kind of
0: that was kind of silly. <laughs>
4: Well, and then you have the photographs. They look exactly yeah. the same. It's like, come on. He's it's not like,
3: trying to hide very hard. It's like that scene hot in and Plain Baby. Uh,
4: yeah, well, and that's apparently it works. Uh, it's like that <laughs> uh, in Rosemary's Baby when. um oh, It's pretty yeah. much the same thing, you know. He had taken. Well, he didn't. He did an anagram of the name, but the photographs look the same. Um. Anyway, it's just. Uh, that was yeah. That was. That was funny. I'm like, come on, guys, you're not that stupid. But I love the whole, the um, uh, the investigator and the you know going back and looking in the records and pulling another 21 years later and pull. And then of course, I thought it was funny when they had like, you know, they had come up with several years worth, and Kolchak is like, oh, every 21 years. And then the guy's like, wow, that's very astute of you. And I'm like, no, it's really not. It's math. <laughs> like it's not. <laughs> <laughs> like, uh, why didn't my, you come up with that?
0: Oh, uh, my favorite things when, you know, he finally gets all the proof and he brings Wally in the room and he gives, like, that whole speech about, you know, like the, the Malcolm Richards character in front of everybody. And he's like, facts.
5: Mm-hmm.
0: And, and Wally's like,
5: yeah, facts.
0: And the guy's like, you shut the fuck up. <laughs> <laughs> you know, yeah, I like the, those side characters. They crack me up. There's a little like hidden humor and they're oddball side characters in this movie,
4: and they like, have life to them. You know, yeah. they're not they're not empty characters. They have life. They have personality, and that is a good screenplay and fantastic directing.
0: Yeah, it's it's fucking great. So, that being said, you guys want to rate this sucker? Do it. All right. If- I'll go first. I actually really enjoyed this sequel for what it was, you know, for a TV movie. Yeah, it's great. Yeah, there's some silly things, with like, you know, hidden plain sight things that we were making fun of, like Richard Malcolm's The Malcolm Richards or some bullshit like that. That's kind of cracked me up now I'm thinking more about it. I'm like, yeah, that could have been a little bit handled better. But overall, this is a great sequel to the first movie. I like that it references the first movie, and you know it's kind of humorous in that sense. Where you know, like there's one scene where Kolchak is just in an elevator with his new uh, girlfriend there, and he's like <laughs> telling the story, and everyone's like walking steadily away from him when they get out of the elevator. Like, oh, and he's like, "I'm fine, I'm fine, don't worry." You know, uh, but overall, this is a great. Like, like, like we said, like I kind of like the villain of this piece, even though. You know, he does do some formulaic blood things. that's kind of similar to a vampire. But I like that he actually interacts with Kolchak, which is kind of missing from the first movie with the main baddie of that one. I like that he actually talks and, you know, he's you he can see a little bit more character. And I do like that he's kind of like a tragic character in a way because what he's doing is for science. And, you know, the like main purpose of the, of the deaths and the thing that gets him through it is we're, do, we have to sacrifice lives to save lives, too, in that sense. If this thing actually, he could actually create this thing and make it work for people. But overall, I really enjoyed it for what it was. Uh, I'm going to give it like a half point less than the original, the first one, and give it a 9.5. Because I really fucking dug it, you know, you know. Some silly stuff in it, but I had a ball with it still. So 9.5 uh brian
3: what about you man i like it a lot um i think it's a good standalone film and it's a very good sequel i am gonna dock a point just because it was a bit too similar to the first one um i think they could have done more with it i think they could have went into a totally different direction but then again it's hard to when you know you have a proven something a proven formula you know people liked it it's hard not to just do it again so uh that being said it's still a great film i love all the characters in it and i give it a nine out of ten
0: nice nice dubby
2: yeah man i think the thing that made me like this one just a little bit more than the first ultimately was just mcgavin i think he's just more comfortable with the character just overall, it just seems like he's just more, you know, just within within that role now. And he let the com- the comedy's way better in this one to me. Um, I love the setting, man. The above ground and underground, really just cool overall characters, man. Um, and dug the overall uh, evil genius doctor we have as the killer in this. I give it a nine point five, man. It's it's right there. With the other one, it's fantastic. Jamie,
4: Uh, this is another ten for me. I, like I said, I do think I agree that I like it probably a little bit, just a teeny, a hair bit more, uh, because yes, I think that they are more comfortable with their roles and they're they feel more natural. And then, like I said, I think this villain is more original than a vampire. So, yeah, another ten for me. Love
0: it. Nice. Maddie,
1: all right. Yep, uh, give this one another ten out of ten as well. Uh, it it flows very well into the previous movie, and it flows well into the show because at the end they're driving to New York City, where you have McGavin right there, then Olson, then right there. He's going for the ride because he gets that call. Because at the end of the movie, they're fighting. He throws him through the glass. Guys, uh, all shits all pat, so he know he's canned again. <laughs> And if you've seen the show, Vincenzo and them are in this new newspaper in New York. So this leads right into that. And they're driving along. Vincenzo's like, "Oh, I got a headache. I got this." And it's like, "Hey, this is my car. I could say what I want." <laughs> so it's like, he's, like, he's getting his own little sweet revenge on Vincenzo from arguing with him. It was great. Those two work well <laughs> together. You got your main hero McGavin and the kind of like the side character slash comic relief of Vincenzo. But it's what Vincenzo does to him, and they, they play off well on each other. And I'm glad that they brought him together again in the movie and into the show as well. Uh, a lot of fun. Uh, I love the setting of Seattle. Uh, it's very dark. It's got some cool scenes. And again, I love the underground uh, visage of the old world that's still there. It's like encased in a tome. It's like its own little, pri- its own little uh, tomb which is a city in a, a tomb city, pretty much. He can escape through his little route and everything through his own hospital. So yeah, I loved it. 10 out of 10 for me. Yeah.
0: With that being said, another Hall of Iron Inductation, so you know what to play there, Dub.
6: All right. We're going to do it the scan away. I'm going to suck your brain dry. Everything you are is going to become me. You're going to be with me, Cameron, no matter what. After all... They should be close, don't you think?
0: Some Michael Ironside like, You're part of me now. Don't <laughs> you want it? You want it? <laughs> you know, uh That was a fun show, guy. Yeah, I, I definitely w- want to pick up the TV series now and continue on with The Adventures of Kolchak and see where it goes, you know, because I, I remember seeing a few episodes of this when I was a kid, you know. Yeah, yeah, yeah. I used to dig it, but now seeing how you know you say this one connects with the, the these T V movies, Matt, more mm-hmm. I wanna go back and rewatch it from the beginning and see that progression, you know. So good stuff and Jamie and Brian, thank you for joining us for this that special episode. I had a blast this time. This is one of my favorite ones we recorded so far. Well, yeah, thank you for all. the invite.
4: Yeah, we really appreciate It It was a lot of
0: fun. Yeah, glad you guys had a good time. Yeah, if you guys Do guys ever want, yeah, if you guys ever want to talk about movies, and you know, you just message me. We should talk about this movie. You know, you know, this is a movie that usually you guys don't, you know, and, because you guys just started your new show. So who knows? But if there's ever a movie that you think you'd want to cover, that wouldn't be fit for maybe like a horror podcast or whatever, you guys can go okay. on whenever you want. You know. You oh, know, and I did find the uh,
1: the Tower movie. It's actually on YouTube, which surprised the hell out of me. Yay! Nice. And it's actually, they actually have the other one, too. There's, uh, I guess it was based on a, a remake from the 80s called The Tower, where it would go after people because it needed a heat source. So, of course, our body heat. <laughs> so now i got to find it and watch that one.
0: <laughs> That's good. Can't, i got to look that up, man. You send us the link in the chat later for that one. All right, buddy? Yep. <laughs> but, uh, yeah, thank you again. It's been an honor. And, you know, uh, if you guys didn't know this, uh, ABC's A Hidden Horror is actually one of the shows that got me into podcasts. And so it's always a pleasure to have you guys on. And like we said, come on anytime you want. Well, that's awesome, man. Thank you. No problem. yeah,
4: that is, I actually didn't know that. That's yeah. pretty
0: cool. Yeah. Wow. Uh, yeah. You know, you know, and it's glad that you guys are coming back in full force this spring, which... Pimp your stuff out. I know you guys just started a new show, so tell us where to you find you.
3: Go for it, baby.
4: <laughs> well, we basically took the ABCs of Hidden Horror, and uh, we're doing uh, season two of that. So we're starting over with A. But this is called The the Bride of the ABCs of Hidden Horror. And then we're con- taking our uh, Attack of the Colossal Collection Show that we used to do, and we're basically taking both of those and smashing them into one show. Called? Called Horror in the House of Salmons. And uh, the reason for that is that that kind of gives us the openness to do whatever we want to do. And uh, we're not just strapped to a particular format, if need be. And we've also added a new segment that'll go between those two segments called bumps in the night where we just have a a bit of a chat maybe answer a question or or talk about something that we feel we want to talk about all about horror of course because that's what we do do. and uh, you you can find us that we're doing that on anchor so you can find it on anchor at house of salmons or um you know just look up horror in the house of salmons on pretty much any way that you listen to podcasts and we also have our facebook group page which used to be the abcs of hidden horror i have changed the title to horror in the house of salmon so come on over and talk to us we love interaction
0: yeah yeah and uh, I, I know uh yeah you picked out the patreon too man you know you do some bonus stuff there too which i actually been listening to i love the william girdler episode you guys did over there oh thank you it was so great to hear that and, you know the the spiral review Which I did listen to. I'm like, yeah, you know, you guys dug that movie, too. You know, and that's good stuff. You know, check out, because they have bonus content on their Patreon. So search for them there. They do, like, I think it's just a $2 tier, right? So it's very
5: cheap. Yeah, uh,
4: it's just, yeah, $2 a month. And then we do um, all of our bonus content over there. Like you said, we have the William Girdler double feature up of Day of the Animals and Grizzly. And then we did a spiral review when that came out, and that's going to basically be where we put a lot of stuff that doesn't fit whatever you know, we want. What, um, any new, uh, new movie reviews we want to do, or uh, we we do have another bonus segment that's coming up where we'll be talking about our favorite film vampires. So um, with that, you you get at least. One bonus episode per month, but probably um, more. <laughs> we already have, we already have two out and it's only been for a couple of weeks. So it's, um, um, you never know what you're going to get, but it, there's, you're guaranteed at least one bonus episode a month. Um, but, you know, that's just anything I feel like throwing over there. We're also going to, uh, orig- eventually we're going to be adding, um, our older episodes of ABCs and Colossal Collection or whatever. And so you'll have access to the vault for that if you're interested. Also the Lyconits. We'll I'll put the it episodes over there as well. Yeah, awesome. yeah, yeah.
0: Yeah. You know how me and Jamie are the werewolf lovers. <laughs>
5: you
0: know, we always talk about some good werewolf stuff over certain other shows. But yeah, this is a fun time guys. And like I said, check them out. It's great stuff. Great content. Jamie's been in the game for years and Brian's no slouch himself. You, if you didn't know, Brian's actually he 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 writes fiction, Lovecraftian fiction, edits a lot of compilations for different companies, and has his own stories in them sometimes. Uh, my favorite was Atomic Age Cthulhu. Oh,
3: uh, thanks.
0: Good stuff there, and you, they actually have like a Summer of Lovecraft. It's kind of like the spiritual sequel to that one, where that one exactly. was like '50s and this one, that one's that one '60s. Lovecraft stories, and I think Jamie, you actually have a story in that one.
4: I do, yeah. I have a story in Summer of Lovecraft,
0: yeah, yeah. Good stuff. So, check them out, pimp out their shit, do it, do it now. Like Ben Stiller says in Starskin Hutch, do it, mm-hmm. do it. But that'll be it <laughs> well, for thanks, us, to...
4: man. That's so awesome of you. We appreciate it. No You've problem. always been such a huge, just so much support, yeah, <laughs> that means a lot
0: anytime and if you guys ever need any help with anything let me know i'm i'm happy to help i'm i'm a whore you know i'm more <laughs> out to teapots and hero hero go show at the moment but you know i i even start, you know this is a little sub note i actually going on another journey with uh gary hill soon where we're actually going to do an exclusive things for legion Patreon uh where we're going to look at new york based horror films you know
4: oh <laughs> nice That's a cool idea
0: yeah, you know, so look for that. We're actually, our first episode is one of the first movies that me, Matt, and W reviewed. The Sentinel is going to be the first episode of that series that, that we're going to be doing. Mm-hmm. So, yeah. Our first call on Ironside, maybe. Yeah, yeah I think, I think so. Yeah, remember we had to do that twice?
4: Well, with good reason. I mean, not <laughs> that you had to do it twice. With good reason that it's an Ironside. <laughs>
0: well, 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 it's a bad history because that was the... Well, we were using a different, like, recording system then, and W... <laughs> he recorded his own vocals, but he didn't record ours on the first record. <laughs> I've done
4: that.
0: <laughs> yeah, you did yeah. say one
2: of our first podcasts. In my
0: defense, yeah,
5: <laughs> yeah it came so, a long way. It happens it to
4: everybody way. at some point. <laughs> For uh.
5: sure.
0: So, so then when you actually listened to the actual episode as I was like, so what'd you rate it? Ten out of ten, you know? Yeah, we it's like we already did this before, you know. <laughs> <'cause we did. laughs> you know but uh yeah that happens a lot and you you yeah you, you bump out the kinks on the first times but you know it's good stuff and but anyways it's getting late i'm getting tired you know i'm getting cranky i think i'm gonna go lay down because i'm a vampire if you guys didn't know <laughs> you know but uh yeah we're gonna play uh, some music everybody and Thanks again for everyone who listened, and check us out. Bye-bye.
1: Thanks, guys. Later,
3: guys. Bye.